0: Anytime I talk about him, I'm like, "Do you want to you hear me like talk for like, f- like five minutes about this guy?" And everyone's like, "No, no, this, this is a Catholic school. We don't care about such such like things." And I'm like, "But you
1: should." The only one I have, the only one I need. I can't. Is that me who is that? and Jesus, <laughs> Emmanuel?
0: Um. Hey Gomer, how much time do you have?
1: There we go. Yeah, I got my lamp right here. I got I mean I got time. It was you that had the, the lamp. Late- I know.
0: I, I know. So like what if we do this? Okay, like we have like four people here. You guys do not have to stay. Don't feel like you have to. I know it's late. You guys are in I'm college or you're an adult or you're in college and, and you're an adult. Um what <laughs> if we did your own show, like right now? We'll record it and You can ask whatever you want. You can participate however you guys want and we'll make like, we'll do like fun five, we'll do 10 minutes topics. Whatever you guys want. And you can ask, you can interject whatever. We'll do a, and we'll make it part of the show. If you don't want to do it, don't feel like you have to. If you just want to watch, that's weird. But no, I'm just kidding. That, that's <laughs> fine. I do it all the time. I, I do like it all watch. the time. <laughs> Sometimes I just call Gomer. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to I'm just
1: gonna kind of watch. I'm gonna eat my cereal. I'm just gonna watch. <laughs> hey, Guller, put on Facetime, but put it on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stick around for
0: a little bit, but my wife did give me a bit of an evil eye, so I might need to. Oh, out. that's fine. No, it's fair. Hey, hey,
1: James, how um, how did your job? Are you were you new a job? Did you discern what's going on? I applied. Had an interview last week. I should know this week. Okay, I've been praying for you, man. Thank you.
2: Good Thank luck, man.
1: They say, the book of James says, the righteous the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. So I pretty much don't help you out at all when I say that. So
0: (laughs) So you're on the wrong show. (laughs) show.
1: (laughs) So I sent your your prayer request, the Catholic stuff you should know. (laughs) It'd be pretty good. And the crunch. Oh, man.
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, what's a topic you would like us to talk about? I've got stuff, but. Wait, let's do it.
1: let's do a fake intro okay hey hey luke how are you good gomer how are you oh man i'm tired i'm tired i'm emotional i'm depressed i'm lonely i'm sad i'm hungry Uh, i'm hungry well i'm eating fruit i'm eating fruit
0: (laughs) at least at least it's in a bowl darby is drinking (laughs) so uh we're here with some guests sorry I just use your name uh and by darby i mean that's fine. fine okay So we're here with a couple of our of uh like Patreon supporters. We've got we've got Adam here. Say hi Adam. Hello. Then we also Love have you. a James who's got to go because his wife gave him the evil eye. I think I got some time. Yeah. And MVP James's <laughs> wife. And then we also have like Erica who went to the mothership. Hi. Hello, and then we also have Um Darby, who I just talked about earlier, who is clearly drinking right now.
2: Howdy, it's water.
0: <laughs> oh, you're in college. Come on, um,
2: <laughs> I've got anatomy to do. I'm true. responsible.
0: <laughs> you're better than us. water um, too. Drinking water too. When we were your age, we were playing this thing called Grand Theft Auto. Very fun, and we would uh, have a band called Blindside on in the background. They were very fun at the time, and that's how Swedish. we spent our time. Yeah, they're a Swedish. Christian hardcore band that got kind of big for a bit it was fun
1: so literally literally if I put on uh the Blindside album or the Chevelle album my brain snaps back to the final level of Grand Theft Auto that (laughs) I just played over (laughs) my buddy beat it gave me his PS2 and all of his games he's like I gotta get this out of my life so I'm like okay so I plug it in (laughs) I had a big screen tv so I'd plug it all in and I would just play by myself I was in I was an RA I didn't have any roommates it was awesome playing grand theft auto till six in the morning oh my gosh remember when life was free and fun darby cherish it okay so um
2: <laughs> i'm a pandemic kid i don't know what you're talking that's about true. that's true
0: oh all. i feel so bad for you guys
2: although in texas
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, darby where are you like nothing happened
2: i'm in college station you came and talked to us like in october a bit ago yes
1: i'm, I'm gonna gonna be going, in um uh, Oh no! I won't be in College Station. I'm going to be in Austin. Never mind. Dang it! I'm doing a young adult event for the Diocese of Austin. Ooh, yeah. look
0: yeah. at that! Cool. Get that money. Um, so we thought it'd be. <laughs> so we did a thing where I I had some time. Uh, Goomer was a bit delayed, as it tends to happen, and so I put a thing out on the Slack and uh, on the Slack on the um, Patreon. Patreon page. Yes, on the Patreon and on the Discord and uh we got some people to come and hang out and we've been hanging out now we also um how like, here. And i'm like why don't we just do part of the show like this well 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 we've got the times so we thought we might do like we'll call it uh 10 minute like, topics but it doesn't they don't probably won't be that long and again do not feel like you guys have have to stay but you're in an episode this is how it works um what I mean,
1: this literally feels like a game show it does Yeah, we got yeah. The <laughs> different categories i got you all laid out on the zoom grid we're using zoom not skype this is weird <laughs> Ba, ba, Got ba, you da, on the grid. I know, it is weird. Ba, <laughs> Luke, ba, you're ba, recording. That's awesome. Ba,
0: ba, ba, ba. Okay, so uh, <laughs> tell me... Okay, so what? So this is kind of how, how the show works. What's on your mind? Like, what can we talk about? Uh, what is can going I
2: on? Be, like, f- honest like y'all are sometimes? What do you have to say to young people who, like, you know, like abstinence culture, purity culture, all that? Mm-hmm. What do you say to young people, especially women, who are, like, absolutely afraid of sex? And especially, like, in a marriage and like expectations and all of that. Cause we yeah. have been told for so long to stay away from it. And every purity chat, every pretty talk is like, stay away from it. I know you're going to want to do it. Like resist when some of us don't need to be told that anymore. We're on the other end of the spectrum.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I actually, it's, it's funny. I have uh, not a lot of adults, but there are many adults who have their primary sexual dysfunction within their marriage is they do not know how to be open to the sexual act they don't it's i wouldn't say it's like more common now than back then but um i would just say it is interesting that some of it is derived from catholic guilt you know a false sense of catholic guilt but there is that but um i i don't know i i think number one the problem the answer to a false purity culture fake protestant purity culture which is essentially I'm a pure one sitting on top of a mountain. And all I have to do is keep my purity and kick, kick those, kick those dirty little boys off the mountain. Uh, that is not Christian or that's not Catholicism. Catholicism is uh, I'm kind of starting at the bottom of the mountain. I'm building my virtue on the way up. And when we think about it from that perspective, theology, of the body to me is remedial. It is healing. I don't know. If that's you, a great way to put it. Well, because it's, it's, chastity it's not abstinence abstinence is a big no and then a bunch of little no's uh chastity is the successful integration of my sexual desires so i will say okay so for instance there's one woman who um i i didn't see her on any sort of all of these people i didn't see on a regular basis but this woman came to my office because she started they rarely ever have sex and she began physically shoving her husband off And they had been married for several years and off of her when he would try to initiate and all that stuff. And for her, it was tied to um, she couldn't separate sex from an act of aggression. Right? So it was a violent act being done to her, even though her husband is ten times sweeter of a man than I will ever be on my good days. Um, And so for her, a lot of it was healing and going back through past stuff. But I I do think that um, the other thing, Luke. I don't know if if you would feel the same way, but I feel like there's a lot of fear right up to the moment. But after you've done it like three or four times with your spouse, you're like, okay, fear's gone. This shit's the jam. High five, right? Well,
0: and yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, like, it's I like my especially like um, it's just not that big of a deal, you know? Like 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 it's it's such a like a natural part of like being a human being. That and I, I I don't mean it's not the big of a deal as in it's not as in it's not important. I don't mean it's not the big of a deal as and it's not good. I don't mean that it's not that well, that big of a deal because disclaimers, it's disclaimers, it's disclaimers. Very holy, <laughs> but it, it it is not this like a summit experience where it's like like I feel like within a lot of Catholic circles it's become this like unattainable thing where it's like if I'm good enough then I can get this or like when my life works out this will finally happen. And it's like it's it's so like you're gonna it's honestly I, I think. It leads you to like either that, or you're disappointed by it. Yeah, like it's really just it's just like I think it's one of the reasons why we try to um, talk about it a lot, because there are times I'm like, guys, this is just like, this is not that big of a deal.
1: Like it's, know, it's there's there's the the problem with theology. of The body is we can over philosophize and theologize sex itself that it becomes this. It, beca- it becomes not like it's a dirty, disgusting. I'm afraid of it, but it becomes it's too lofty, it's too beautiful. Everything needs to be perfect. And I've had I've I've actually dealt with frannies, who like could give a dissertation on the sexual act and don't even know how to function in a relationship. And so, um, last story I'm going to tell. This is a true story. Uh, this one woman was terrified. Good Catholic girl. Her best friend told her. Um, The worst part about getting married is the honeymoon because you're just going to be used up and it's going to hurt and you're not going to care. And he's not, or he's not going to care and you're going to feel awful and he's just going to get his pleasure and move on. And my buddy told me this, and I was the best man in the wedding. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, like who would say something? So he's like on the verge of tears. Like he's like, I would never do anything like that. Like, why would you think that? And so he finally goes and he sits there and it's the day before their wedding. And he's like praying with her and she's scared not to get married, but of the honeymoon night. And he just says, Who, why are you like, what, why would your friend say that? She's like, when, when did she lose her virginity? Because he knew that she wasn't married. and she said, Well, when she was 15 and the guy was like 19. And so this girl was essentially, you know, victimized and used and, and you know, tossed aside. And that's how this girl has treated and viewed sex this whole time. And so Jesus imparted this fear. And um, I remember my friend telling me that, yeah, all all it took was one night. All it took was one night to overcome the fears, to show the love. Um, I do think we can over-spiritualize sex uh, as, as, as a man who had a bunch of sex, a man named Dietrich von Hildebrand, uh, who had sex with Alice (laughs) von Hildebrand, which no one ever wants to think about, uh, but they have had sex. Think of it now. (laughs) But he he wrote over
0: and over and (laughs) over again, (laughs) four years,
1: four years. (laughs) No, but he wrote he wrote this beautiful book on sexual love, but at the same time he's like, I'm sick and tired of people like divinizing love like sometimes when you're having sex you can't even think about the other person or you can very easily not think about the other person because it's so like it's so pleasurable and wonderful and emotional that you just kind of you kind of lose you run and you're done and you're like
0: do I need to get the grocery still I forgot about that like it's not like it's you know it's not this thing where it's like you know you're not on like something like and now i have a new plane of existence i i yeah. do want to add something like i, I don't want james knows what we're talking about <laughs> i i want to like <laughs> it uh poor james <laughs> the uh
1: if you like... weren't getting the stink eye now you yeah. certainly <laughs> will after this how can you teach your children to live their catholic faith beyond the walls of your parish one way is to engage your family's values in a Catholic health care option like CMF Curo. CMF Curo is an affordable Catholic health care ministry that is perfect for growing families and it's rooted in church teachings. CFM Curo members share medical burdens in community and have access to a spiritual director, concierge services, health and spiritual resources, and more. You can join any time throughout the year. Since 2014, this pro-life Catholic healthcare ministry has partnered with leading health sharing ministries to provide an affordable alternative to medical insurance, consistent with Catholic teachings on life. It's a Christ centered path to actively invest in your whole health. CMF Curo is part of the Christ Medicus Foundation, CMF, a Catholic 501c3 nonprofit founded in 1997, dedicated to sharing the love of God and healthcare through defending religious freedom and healthcare and building Christ centered Catholic healthcare options that serve the church, the laity, and the poor and the vulnerable. You can check them out on social media on either Facebook or Twitter at CMF Curo, or their website is mycatholichealthcare.com, or click the link in the show notes. Thanks to our friends at CMF Curo for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. And I don't want to—I I don't want to say, but it's
0: not—not the bigger deal. I don't—I do not. The last thing I want to do is undermine or downplay people who have been sexually who have experienced horrible trauma yeah. because of um, sexual because of um, sexual assault like and, like there's a reason why it hurts so badly you know why, why it's so bad because it is it's, a, it's it's a huge part of you know yeah. who of um, um who you are but i do think part of it is is this um it's not i need to be very careful here when that stuff happens not only it's not like the act in and of itself a lot of it is also the relationship aspect of it, where it's just like you this person who i either did not know or who i did know and i am and like they like used me you know so it's 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 the it's the personhood that kind of like that I'll like also like it so why i'm bringing that that up is um I, i'm really i'm digging a hole here
1: you are so is deep.
0: that um <laughs> when that stuff is is in is in. I'm insanely serious, and but there. That's also there's a lot of multi dimensions that are at play. Again, it's like not only is it like the actual act of what happened, but it's the relationship. It's the it's the You know, it's it's, it's like all of these things that like make it so bad. And because sex is such like a personal thing that we ex, that we experience, that should be normal. Like, like that's, I think that's what you're robbed of when that stuff happens. That's one of the things that like, that like, is so I'm shitty about it is you are robbed of this thing that should be good, holy, and normal. And you're, and that's taken away from, from, from you when that happens without your consent. Um And it sucks, you know, it really sucks. And I think I, I, um, and I, um, I think one of the problems when we put it on such a on such a pedestal is everything then becomes there's there's a there's a good part of shame. I, I feel like it's either on our show or on a different show where someone explained the difference between guilt and shame. And I think it's interesting when you do when you uh, when you talk about that. But one thing about like uh, the shame part that can be kind of tough is Catholics want to hide shame. And I think that when it comes to like almost sexual addiction or when it comes to um trying to get out of like a pornography addiction or come out of if you have like a sex addiction or if you and your girlfriend can't stop having sex or any of these things like or if you and your spouse like like just add weird thing here um because of purity culture that remains hidden and people who have tried to work on i'm sexual i'm healing stuff say that actually makes it worse the fact that we hide this stuff so like oh yeah um, I think we talked about this on the podcast b- before, but we had a, we, had a, we um, uh, had a person who had um, there was a page from an essay book that uh, he that he had shared with us, and it talked mm-hmm. about how they say you have a like a um, that with Christian men, their addiction often becomes worse because no one knows about it. Where people who aren't at least it's in the open. Like their friends are talking about it, their families, you know, it's like, it's a thing that you're like, you're everyone's just talking about who they hooked up with or y'all and they doesn't mean they don't have trauma doesn't mean they don't have bad experiences from that doesn't mean that they're not like hurt because of it. But it's actually at times easier for them to work through their, their addiction, because it was at least in the open. Yeah. Where with a lot of Christian uh, dudes and like and women, this, this was the book like written for men, but I would I would imagine this applies to um, women as well. It is hidden. And that continues to just make it worse because it's not again, it's like not like normalized. And so and, I don't, and there's a time and a pl- it's a thing where there's a time and a place for there's a time and a place for alcohol, you know, like like just because there's a time and a place doesn't mean it's this uber special thing that we have to have white silk like you know, like what,
1: what, what, Luke, finish that sentence. White <laughs> silk, sack gloves, you know, or whatever to like deal with. <laughs> gloves? On it. Yeah. Gloves, a face mask, uh, yeah, a shield. <laughs> Gotta be whatever. careful, like,
0: with COVID now. And so, yeah, I, I think it's a good, like, you know, I, I just think that, like, and it's, you need to, if you haven't, like, been tempted. When you're dating a person, or like with another person, like I don't even know if you're really practicing like a chaste life. You're just trying to like abstain, which is two different things. Something that, that like John Paul too, i talked about that. Like you have to, you ha- you have to cultivate that. And the only way to um, cultivate that is to engage with it, and the only way to engage with it is to take the risk that I might screw up. I'm not saying that you should, or the, or that it is good. Some dude on Twitter had a batshit crazy thread that made no sense. It was so weird. I don't know if any guys saw that or not. It was really weird. I'm not saying that where it's like, no, really, you should have sex. Just like, I'm going go to confession. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you, yeah, it was super weird. Like, but I am saying you have you to. You saw it,
1: Darby. Do you know what he's talking about?
2: A uh, little bit. Yeah. What? what like, it, like, it's, just like the abuse of confession is like, that's go do it and then go confess later. It's why I was invented. Just go ahead and sin. It's not, that's not how that.
1: Yeah. You know, it's like you embrace you, darkness embrace help.com backslash <laughs> fox foxes, good sir oh, yeah. better help.com <laughs> yeah. slash foxes well let me can i just say something and then we should probably go on to the next one but yeah, uh, let's keep going let's mind yeah. this let's find the shit out of this well, the for a lot of people who have studied the tob love and responsibility stuff where the tendency is to picture a four-post bed in heaven right the idea is, like, we can idealize sex, we can overly romanticize even romance, that when things aren't perfect, um, they're, they're not right. There's a, a Hollywoodization of romance that I think has deeply crippled um, men and women in our relationships, because when you idealize something, it's, it's you're one inch away from making it an idol, and then it becomes an unrealistic and un, unfathomable. Like, there's this gulf, an abyss that opens up between reality and what I think reality should be. This is, uh, to me, this is the origin of every bridezilla, right? There's, you don't often have groomzillas compared to bridezillas because men, there is zero culture among men of looking at your tuxedo and dreaming what your wedding's going to be like. But there's a whole thing around that for women, for whatever reason. And uh, the idea of like, everything has to be perfect. The first thing I I literally have a video called the reality check. Or I said, you will never have a perfect wedding. Get that it's out of your head. Perfect. Get that out of your head right now. So the, the next thing I would say is from idolatry to, you know, or ideal to uh, idol. The next thing is you don't marry marriage. You marry a person. Stealing right. That line. And right. And I sold from Andy Stanley. You don't marry. Oh, marriage. It. <laughs> you marry a person. Yeah. Because if anything good, I say it. it's stolen from someone um, because like, when we think of what a marriage should be, it's not that marriage is what it is with this person. And then within, within the context of that, the the incarnation of the idea of marriage, you then have one other step that intimacy is a function of trust. So if a woman or a man is scared of sexual intercourse, number one, you know, I was virgin when I got, when I, when I did the, did the deed uh, with my wife, there is a, Ton of anxious, nervousness, embarrassment, hilarious, giggle town. I, I, me and my wife, we joke like we still go to giggle town, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's more you than her. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm not even in the room yet, and I'm like, <laughs> it's so funny. Just, just think, it's just so funny when you think about it. When you think about it, give me a second. No, but I, I need to text Luke about it really quick. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on, honey. I'm texting Luke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but if trust is low, intimacy is low, right? So when you're the, the, the story that I told was she had low trust in her spouse, not because of anything he did, but because of a story she believed. And, you know, we can make, um, you know, one of the reasons for millennials not getting married is they've idealized marriage so much that like this was in that um, the apocalypse of dating article in vanity fair, that they've idealized it so much that they don't, they, they then say, I don't I don't think I'm worthy of that, and so there's a fear there. But the, the great line from Andy Stanley, he says, the secret to great sex in marriage has nothing to do with sex but trust. And if you can trust one another, that grows the intimacy. And that was the problem with the first woman. She thought her husband, you know, she had been a victim of violence, you know, sexual violence, and she didn't even remember it. And so it just manifested in their marriage when the same sexual actor was – committed years later you know in a healthy loving relationship she still channeled all those old stuff so i don't know do we want to go on the next one is that cool yeah yeah it's good a lot of words a lot of words
3: <laughs> okay so i have a question if you don't mind um yeah so <laughs> nah, i don't really know um so i think in the episode or two there have been um Discussions about, you know, The atonement theology? The atonement theology? I do love those episodes. They're so good. Um, I just did one with
1: pints with Jack. Pints with Uh, Jack on the atonement.
3: Beautiful. Um, So talking about um, necessary conversations um, and figuring things out prior to getting married. um, Mm. But what do you guys think are necessary, um, you know, skills or conversations that need to be developed prior to engagement for
0: a couple Ooh, like like so when you're dating what are some things that you should be willing to talk about is, is, yeah, is that sure. yeah 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 like if you start to go down the marriage route like I don't, I don't know if this is a good pre-engagement thing but like talk about like your finances talk about how much you make talk about like what your career goals are like like really like or say like hey like I mean, okay. So, for example, this one girl that I dated, I had no career goals. You know, I just, I wasn't there. I, I, I mean, I, I, I had stuff in my mind. It was all going to work out. You know, so like, and I, it's not that I didn't care, but I was just still wishful to, thinking. The yeah, plan of much. a lifetime. I just yeah. wasn't there, and I, and I remember telling her that, and she told her parents, and they were like, "What? What? You know?" And I, I am glad I did that because that actually was what kind of got me going. That I needed to do, yeah, pre-27. Yeah, this would have been like 25-year-old Luke. 24. 24-year-old Luke. So right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. 24 worst, 25. Worst Luke. Whoopsies. <laughs> um, yeah, the the dark years. Um and it uh it, it like being willing to admit like where like where you are, and then also being willing to like accept where the other person is is like super important. And I think had I Having that conversation with her and seeing the reaction that she had, that her parents had, that other people had in my life, when I said, "Hey, this is kind of a weird thing," and they're like, "No, no, no, that's not weird. Like you, you're wrong," <laughs> you know, it was like really good for me because I just kind of thought things were just gonna like work out if I just tried hard. And that's and that's kind of like a dumb example, but I think that there's a lot of things where it comes to like your career, where you are with your money, like what are some of the things you're like that are important to you. In terms of like, hey, like, actually, I found that like going out with my friends really gives me life, and I like I'm a, I'm a kind of like aware of that. Or you know, when you're experiencing all oh, the new things with the person you are dating, I think it's actually a really good thing to do, is to um, do new stuff that you haven't that you like try something new with that person. And I talk about like, hey, this is I kind of I'm like this. Like this is like like try to learn more about yourself and really. Um, and really grow as a person. Cause I think that will open you up to when like, like the hardest conversation that me and Aaron had when we were engaged was like, so who does what, who does the laundry, who does the dishes, who does this, who does that. And I remember we were our engagement couple, I forget what they called it at our parish, but they were like forcing us to talk about it. And it was really hard because me and Aaron had different expectations for that stuff. You know, like I remember when we were dating, like she didn't like the fact that I would drink too much. And I was like, I'm not going to stop. You know, like, I mean, and sorry, I should bet in, in her eyes, you know, it was like, hey, you are the like my, you know, to her, her dad would always drive her mom back or, her, or like her brother wouldn't drink them much just so we could drive his you know, like um, his like um girlfriend back. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, not going to do that. Like we, like, we can just Uber, you know, and I and I that sounds like horribly unselfish because it probably is. But there is a part of it's like, no, I really like going out and doing this stuff. And like, you don't as much, but I do. And I need, to, and I like doing this and I don't ever want to stop not getting drunk, but you know what I
1: mean? Like I, I like going out. So yeah, we got to figure this out. You know, like it's very difficult. You have to do your best to get to know their personality, especially when things are difficult. You got to hit those big 10 pole things because one of the most difficult things is finding out your spouse is someone who they're not after you've already said I do. And then things get very, very difficult to navigate. You don't want the type of person who is the smart, has to be the smartest person in the room. They're going to be arrogant and a scoffer and a narcissist. You should educate yourself as to who is a narcissist and avoid them. Like the plague uh, and psychopaths, sociopaths, you know, you see any like mutilated kitten corpse is, yeah, you get it. But the the reality is you and I, we all have expectations that we bring to a marriage. Most of them come from our parents, either something you're avoiding or something that you want to recreate something that you love. Like you were just saying, about the in-law or the the dad always, you know, was the DD or whatever. The problem is when we do that, we bring into our marriage so many expectations, right? We got them in a box. We have our hopes, our dreams, all these cool goals and stuff like that. And we give it to the other person. We say, now fulfill it. And so it kind of ruins a lot of stuff in terms of how we are visioning our relationship. So I would never marry a human person who has no idea what to do with money, because money manifests a whole lot. I mean, Jesus said it, where your heart is or your treasure will be. Money, the immaturity around money, like you, money breaks up marriages because people don't know how to talk about money, how to spend money, and they don't know how to restrain themselves. Because when you're a young adult, let's say you're living in an apartment, you got some friends and kind of manage your your things. You might not be investing in your 401k and maxing out your savings because you know your kids are going to have, orthodontist bills that are going to go through the roof like you're not thinking about stuff like that so when i was in my 20s i blew through all my cash like every penny i made i spent f- with like a buffer of 200 dollars and then i discovered dave ramsey and then it was like i woke the hell up like there's this eh, thing called life it was more like you were talking about it a lot
0: but you would you were at least trying
1: <laughs> no 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 when i discovered dave ramsey i at least had My, uh, oh, James is going to leave. Bye, James. Bye, James. James. Thanks for hanging out, man. Tell your wife I said hi. That could come across weird. Never mind. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Tell her I said hi. (laughs) It's so funny. I didn't say fire. I didn't say once. I said, Dave Ramsey, how dare you? You're tacky and I hate you. It's the same Same thing. thing. But no, but what we did was me and my wife sat down and watched it because she wasn't on the same page as me. She wasn't at all. And with all the stuff, like her parents would give her money and she had her mom's discover card. And I remember one of the things that the engaged um, or when we were engaged and we were taking a trip down to St. Louis, uh, I was talking with her mom and I said, and and her mom's like, you know, Mike, Shana told me that you guys had an interesting conversation. I was like, oh, yeah, what was that? She's like, well, you said like you didn't want to rely on your parents for money for things that like are luxury items, you know, like, oh, I want to get a new pair of shoes. I'll ask my mom. Now my wife was not like a, not a hard worker. My wife's a 10 time works ten sometimes harder than me and smarter. But, uh, I just, I, there was something about that, that. Like it wasn't us. It was this outside, outside thing that could easily become a wedge. And I saw that. And she looked at me and she was like, I would never do anything to intervene or do anything. I said, no, I know, but it, it has to stop. Like, we just have, this has to be a thing that we figure out just like you and you and your husband figure out." She's like, no, you're right. And she's like, I would never want to do something that would come in between your marriage. And you know, things like that definitely would. So me and Shayna watched Dave Rains. We did the financial piece and we got on track with that because then when you get your money in order, you get your priorities, you get your spending. My wife is an introvert, I'm an extrovert. I need to be out with people periodically. She needs to be a homebody. And then my non-homebody nature means I bring her out to people. Her homebody nature means I stay home and am responsible more than i otherwise would be. So you, it's it's not just like do your strengths align with my strength? cuz you're never going to be able to figure the other person out perfectly. I I had a oh, god bless this girl. She, she tried for so long to get her fiance to break his porn addiction. Right? Things like that, things things like that are upfront conversations when your relationships getting very serious. Um
0: yeah, yes, i 100% agree. I think before you get engaged. Like i
1: yeah. i would yeah. actually say don't if
0: someone's If they are like, I'm knee deep in a porn addiction, do not get engaged to them unless they're trying to find healing from. I'm not saying they need to be completely healed, but I I wouldn't even go down
1: that road because it's just you do not want to be there when it breaks. Recently, three different marriages had major issues. And as I'm hearing the stories, I'm, I'm just waiting for the key line. And then he told her, and then she told her that he's been addicted to pornography the whole time or for the last year or for the last six months. And you're just waiting for that. Like, and I'm like, of course, of course, of course, there's not another thing here. You don't do what a loving person does unless there's this darkness underneath. That's uh, it's, it's an undertow pornography in a relationship is an undertow. That's constantly wanting to pull them out into very dangerous, deeper waters. And so, yeah. Yeah, anyway, and I would, the fire method financially independent <laughs> retire early.
0: <laughs> I would I would add too. then I actually would be I would I would be curious to get to get to get your guys today because you're all like relatively young. I think you're all under the age of 25, right? 25 or 26 yeah. yeah oh cherish it so much <laughs> so, oh, look at this face this is not a 25 year old no you guys can go out late in the night and kind of wake up in the morning and you're fine it <laughs> doesn't work out it that stops way. it it's, stops like you have a couple years left of that so just go hard um but like what, <laughs> what like it's good to have conversations when you're dating about what you want the dynamic of your relationship to be like that's what that's what i mean by like like that conversation oh with Aaron was i wasn't going to be the boyfriend who's always going to be the dd or always have um, one or two because I'm like I love drinking way too much. Like I like wine a lot. I like cocktails a lot. We I get like it, different. Luke.
1: We get. <laughs> it. And I
0: know. I just I love talking about it. You know. And so, um, see, huh, huh. Now that I'm not saying that's the most important thing to me in, in the world, but it was a, a, a dynamic of our of our relationship at that point in time. I barely drink. Um. Now I you know this is the first beer I've had in like was a that, week. Was that a Steagle? Sure was. Uh, got it from our friend Kevin Heider. Steagle Gold.
2: Why is it, why is
0: it not a shiner? Uh, because I'm classy and not from Texas. Sorry, I know. Yeah. I just I just I'm, just I'm like my to, cities to have zoning laws.
2: I'm just yeah, I'm not gonna us. You for
0: that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, Dorothy. No, no, anyways, I'd be curious to hear. i mean, your guys' take. Like like what do you, what are things that like you like if you're gonna date a person like what would you want to know like like right now like what would you want to know like what
1: do you know about the person you are dating. There's big news from my favorite home security company, Simply Safe. Just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. That's right, Simply Safe, the system that US News and World Report names the best home security system of 2021, just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features that you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. It's got an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view, so you can get that sweet, sweet perif and keep watching your entire yard. 1080p resolution with an 8x zoom. That matters. I can tell you personally that doesn't matter. It means you can zoom in and see things clearly like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. It's got a built-in spotlight with color night vision. Color night vision. That's awesome. So you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. Super simple to set up and it takes just minutes. And it has an easy to remove rechargeable battery so it doesn't need an outlet and can go anywhere on your property. This camera has it all and it integrates with your Simply Safe home security system, extending its protection to the outside. Together it means every door, window, room are protected, and now your property will be too. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe Wireless Outdoor Security Camera, visit SimplySafe.com slash Foxes. That's right. Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering twenty percent off your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service completely free when you enroll in active monitoring. Again, that's simplysafe.com/slash foxes. Many thanks to the fine folks at Simply Safe for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes.
3: So I am dating somebody, um, and I, w- I won't go too far into it because I don't want to. This is this is very like off the cuff. Um, only twenty
0: five thousand people will, will, will hear it, so you're fine.
3: only only. Um, but to 15. preface, you know, he and I met in school. Um, we're really good friends up until we graduated. We're a Corona, we're a COVID couple. So we've been long distance, um, pretty much since we graduated. Um, you know, so that's, it's been a very unique experience because we've had to work through, um, a lot of our differences, which there are quite a few virtually on zoom, which has been very crazy, but it's also made the the times where we have been able to be in person just really good. But yeah, no, I, I agree. Like the, the talking about the more personal stuff or like the expectations are like the really important, like pornography or like sexual boundaries, conversations, And something I didn't anticipate because when I was in high school, you know, like I had like maybe one or two boyfriends and it was never, I think they always just smelled the Catholicism on me. So I don't think any of them ever tried to push (laughs) really any boundaries, which I was very lucky because I think I had to try and have one boundary conversation with a past boyfriend one time and it didn't go over well. But anyway, so I didn't realize that getting into like a more serious adult relationship like how ongoing like those boundary conversations were going to be which if i had sat down to think about it for about 5 minutes i probably could have come to that conclusion right but yeah not to get too much into the nitty gritty but it was just something very surprising to be like oh yeah, yeah you're a person and i can't read your mind and you're a person who can't read my mind and there are things that just sort of happen that you have to kind of work through and be able to communicate about so i i completely agree
1: Completely with Luke, you completely, completely agree. Completely,
3: completely. Mm. Mm. Wow, but always with you, Gomer. Always, with yes, you. I'm Gomer. Yeah. Gomer. Everyone seen Gomer at
4: first. <laughs> uh, Adam, you've been quiet. Any thoughts? Yeah. So for the listeners, I've been with my girlfriend for over four years now. We were friends before then, but early on in our relationship, I would make it a point on our like month anniversary or whatever in the early, early years of us dating, I would go, how am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) You did the check-in. Nice. Yeah. I would, I would do a check-in and be like, am I, am I good? Or is there something wrong? Something you not, you know, going vibing well with you. She would ask me the same thing. And, we would have those discussions and then we would have times where uh, we would discuss about some deeper things or when I felt like the time was right, you know, I opened up about my porn addiction. I made the point not to say, I love you until she knew that whole side of me. And it was very scary. A lot All of those conversations were very scary going into it, but coming out of it. It made the relationship so much better. Like our bond is so much better than it was before that, you know, we had those discussions. And yeah, now moving forward uh, in our current times, we've had a lot of like logistical questions. Like, are you going to be the DD all the time, 24-7? Love it. It's great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we we (laughs) have... We ha- we had the, you know, financial discussion and that was great. You know, she's got it pretty much all down tap. I'm still trying to work it out. Um, understanding like where you're coming from and understanding where the other person's coming from. Not like knowing everything about the person, but mm-hmm. but coming to an understanding of where you can be comfortable, where you can trust that you can like be yourself and totally open up everything to the other person, which I've struggled with now coming to the conclusion where you know we kind of just know everything going on right now so and it's fantastic
1: you know it's such a cliche in like marriage and relationship dating advice of communication is everything but it really is Mm
4: -hmm. it really
1: really is and the moment like one of the warning signs you always need to look out for is what shuts the other person up like what won't they talk about why won't they talk about certain things what do they harp on about you I don't know we we are incomplete human persons and we need to know who the other person is in order to you know like like my dad's an introvert and my mom's an extrovert you can't demand your spouse to flip your per, their personalities like well you need to take me out more well you should want to spend more time at home with me and it's like okay or you go out more with your friends you stay home more often or maybe uh you challenge each other and you take her out like you, th- there are things that like personality is not destiny, right? It's not destiny, but it's a pretty epic place from which to, to engage with other people. And I'm not saying y'all have to take a Myers Briggs test, but you just know that like, if you're an extrovert, like Luke, if you're an extrovert saying you're not allowed out of the house with your friends, unless I'm with you is an untenable situation. My wife hasn't I, like, I feel 90% of my marriage is because my wife's like, I'm a homebody. You go out with your friends, do your thing. And I'll say here. And then there are times, it, but she also favors going out on dates with me, uh, which is nice and not someone else. Uh, but doing the <laughs> thing like where we're going out, we're doing these things. It gets so crazy with the kids that you can't find the time anymore. But the, um, <clears throat> the, the beautiful gift is mutual. And this is St. Paul in uh, Ephesians five. It's mutual submission. If all we do are two people with their boxes of expectations then all we're going to do is negotiate, right? Well, we went to your family last Christmas, go to my family this Christmas. Well, we did this. Well, what about that? Well, you went out last week. Well, you spent this money. Will you, will you, will you, will you? I mean, I know a couple that literally spends, if one person splurges, like buys a motorcycle, the other person gets to splurge and spend the exact penny amount. And, it's, and but then like two months later, they run out of money. So they have to pawn or sell all this stuff. And it literally has been going on for years of Hopefully their Hopefully they're not catching foxes, listeners. <laughs> it might be, but it <laughs> goes on for years of their marriage. And it's crazy town because they refuse to get on the same page. They refuse to see themselves as a team. They refuse to see it as a partnership, a mutual submission yeah. thing. And there's us calling you out, couple, <laughs> person, but they just go. I don't think this person listens at all, but they just go back <laughs> and forth like how crazy making is that yeah because because once you start negotiating you end up one person's in debt and the other person's one's the debtor and one's the the whatever the person that you owe the debt to so right? I, okay i'd be curious i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut, no, cut you off there did um
0: so <laughs> you are 21 um right darby yes i am okay so are you in a relationship right now
2: no, I've been single for a long time because uh, I want to date someone who's Catholic and who's serious about it and who's mature and like committed to it. And that there's not a lot of those at the age of twenty. You can years. have
1: two yeah. out of those three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. First of all, what is your Twitter <laughs> uh, handle, really quick?
2: <laughs> Shiner Gal Darby.
0: Shiner Gal Darby at Shiner S H I N E R G A L D A R B Y. All right, every guys get on that. All right, two. Um, yeah.
2: You laugh, but that's how I got uh, one of my boyfriends. So, I mean, it didn't last, obviously.
0: That was yeah, yeah, no, it's moment. fine. It's fine. Listen, I, I dated uh, she, she Who Shall Not Be Named because I got a little bit drunk and I sent her a Facebook message and, you know, <laughs> five years
1: later, it's like... <laughs> five years later, 20 years later, it's still a wound,
0: Luke. Still a wound. <laughs> <Not> a wound. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, actually, it's fine. Um, what are, like, what's a conversation that for you? You're like, man, I really would want to know this. Um, just like the the
2: the basics of being a really committed Catholic basically and having a personality that matches. So like, are you down to do natural family planning? Like, are you committed to going to mass? Like the basics of (laughs) that. The
0: bar is very basic. We're going to have boundaries.
2: We're going to have boundaries and I'm, and we're not going to break them. Um, I'll help you, uh, is wh- if, if he's addicted to porn wants to not be at least um and we can have like real conversations about um like things i talk to my uh my close friends about like we talk about like femininity what masculinity should be and like um like what does ch- charity look like when you don't have a lot of money and you're young like things that matter like things that are real yeah. and not small talk and um mm-hmm. Are you cool with, I'm a homebody and not really into partying, but I'll go out with you when you want to go out. Like I'm somewhere in between there and I need like alone time to study because I do that a lot. It mm. takes me a while. I have ADHD. I need a lot of time to get my stuff done. Things like that. So I don't know. I haven't, haven't really gotten to that point.
1: Yeah. You will. Don't worry about it. Uh, can I give you a, can I give you a pro tip, pro tip yeah. side of the veil? Let's go. Um, there are a lot of good Catholics who are terrible at relationships. Uh, loving mass and being uh, a good lover <laughs> in all the right <laughs> ways uh, are are not mutually exclu- or mutually inclusive. You can have a person whose faith is in all the right places, but they have a lot to grow on. Uh, my um, and and that's sometimes where I think like the danger is people idealizing romance love marriage and then they lose sight of and and i would put myself in this category i remember this um i went to counseling when me and my wife when we were dating and i had broken up with her and then she suddenly didn't immediately take me back even though this was the fifth or sixth (laughs) time i broke up with her and so i actually went to counseling and i was talking with the uh the counselor and he said and i said well i love her and he's like what does that have anything to do with what we're talking about i was like I don't know everything about marriage. (laughs) He looked at me and he goes, it takes more than love to have a good marriage. Like, how about this? Number one commitment, you know, that thing you don't have. And I was like, Oh, Hot damn
0: <laughs> because there's I, this <laughs> i committed to having luke on my couch for three months sir <laughs>
1: yeah. we played halo over <laughs> and over again for months <laughs> good sir i know how to commit uh we committed to all of Battlestar and rock band at the same time <laughs> i bid you adieu <laughs> no but um so the the real difficulty for me was un um I mean, for me was maturity. Like I lacked an honest maturity and it, it, it was, it took a whole summer for me to actually grow as a human person through the crucible of that horrible, horrible, fiery hell that I went through. Um, it was awful. Luke was there for most of it. Uh, I mean, it was, it was so horrific, but on the other side, I was like, oh, oh, I get it. I was a little boy this whole damn time. And I thought my freedom was more valuable than our relationship. And it wasn't that I didn't love her. Like I tell people all the time, I was a terrible dater. I'm a good husband. Okay, father. But I'm a good husband. I'm a terrible dater. And it is very easy, especially at places like Franciscan and maybe you're at St. Mary's, that if you see faithful Catholic men or faithful Catholic women, you can be very easily intoxicated by their faithfulness and think that that, that – that I mean, I, we have many friends who are divorced right now who all were Frannies that got married – And shit hath hitteth the faneth. Who's divorced? Uh (laughs) oh. How about not on the show? Yeah, I know, know, I'm just kidding.
0: I was I was kinda kidding, (laughs) but also like maybe just um text it to me. Um one thing that you that like I think like all you guys have um kind of hit on that 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 I think is very important is like I like that you guys were kind of talking about right now. Not like five years, yeah. You know, from now, which, which is good. I mean, it's 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 good to have those um, have those um, conversations. But in a Catholic um, context, it's very easy to get to like stay there, and that's not reality. When you when you talk when you, um, talk about reality, that's right now. And I think, and I'm not trying to say like like everything that that um Gomer talked about, oh, it's wrong, but I will just add like saying, hey, like I want to be with somebody like, do you want to go to mass every week? That's important to me. Like it's important to me that we have um, a change relationship that we can, you yeah. know, we share like that's like, if you focus on right now, I probably was too much of that, but I'm really glad that I at least did that because I think it's just as dangerous to be the other thing where it's like you're, well, you're not like reality is like you are where you are. And that's important. Like you are a student. You need to be able to, get, if you need, if you, if you have to study and you need to be able to say, hey, I've to commit X amount of time. Cause I've got, you know, I have like, I'm an agent. If I don't, I will get nothing done. And even now, who knows? Um, <laughs> it's like super important that like you say, like, that's like a boundary. And that's reality that you're like so much of our faith, so much of our faith that I think where it gets screwed up. And the Pope actually just talked about, uh, about this recently. It's, it's an idea. It's an idea that we really, 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 really like, and we love to talk about it, and we love to engage with this idea, but it's an idea, and it's reality is what we're called to, to dwell in reality, to be present to what's actually going on in our life. We have an incarnate faith, and if there's one thing that I also think was really helpful for me was, I remember dating a girl and having this realization, like, we're completely different. Like, we're told, we're just really like she's just a very different person than than I am and I remember actually I'm talking with Aunt Dee about that and she was like yeah I didn't really understand that until I was like just a couple of years ago I was like yeah we're or I'm sorry she, I think she may have said that that's what like her husband said like was like we're just totally different and I remember her, her, her telling me it's good that I had that realization as that age which I'm really glad I did too because it helped me see like I cannot expect you to like the things that I like, to react to things, to think that like because I'm so almost I'm one of those individuals, this might shock all of you, that thinks he's so right because it's I'm so overwhelmed by like how true and real I feel, you know, about God
1: knows what. Hey, so can I just butt in for a moment and point out how I adjusted my Zoom video window and Adam's picture got a lot bigger and I uh, like I got terrified for a second. <laughs> When I realized there's a guy hiding behind the sign with his head popping out, it took I want to see that too. I hadn't <laughs> seen that the whole point, but it's now much bigger. I have a 34 inch screen right here, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!"
4: <laughs> that's actually that's actually me in the background. I was assuming so, yeah.
1: but I prefer to call it that guy. Could uh, <laughs> so
4: I have to wrap things
0: up here relatively soon, but I would like is do any guys have like one more thing that you'd want to ask?
4: I have one more kind of topic do it um uh, i i get i get a lot of like motivational tiktoks where it's like jordan mm-hmm. jordan peterson or like some financial person whatever Don't make your bed
1: make <laughs> clean your room yeah it's like <laughs> that. that
4: okay and go on one one really like rich dad poor like, dad one like really hit hit home with me was like jordan peterson was talking about i think he like was referencing like Freud or something where he was like you become a man when you experienced like your father's death and it could be like a physical death or like an, a, like a emotional death or like a figurative death. And I was wondering like, what, what was that moment where you were like, either you were like, I am not, no longer like a child, like bound to my parents. Like I am my own individual self. Or like, if you had that situation where you, your relationship changed with your father or mother for this case. I, when my dad died, no, but uh, in reality
0: though, it, it was that, like, I, I'm, I'm glad yeah. that you asked, like, I, there's a distinct moment that I always go back to. At his funeral, I remember being, I was 25, and I remember I had just enough, like, work and real-life experience to have been around for the past two-plus years. People who are my parents' age and, and older that were my boss, that were my they were my peers you know or, or, or different things um, like that and I always wanted to call them like hi Mr. Jones um, hi Mr. Smith um, hi Mrs. Adams you know like whatever I, 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 I it was weird to be like hey Tom you know like that's awesome that's that Bill Bradsky over there yeah, exactly. Bill Bradsky but I remember being at the lunch after after the memorial mass for, for him and being like yeah I could call everyone here by their first name now and from that moment on, I've never had the instinct to call an adult by like their like like you know their last name or like hi, Mister, whatever. That was a distinct moment. It's a dumb example, but I it just something in that moment there was like a, there was a change in my brain,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and I completely viewed the people in my dad's life that were that were were there as peers. And or people that I was on the and and I I don't uh, it's not that I thought they were um, better than me or anything it's just there was this thing where it's like I saw like the dynamics of their relationship with with my dad through a different uh, lens and all good ways for the most part I even saw some of the dynamics in my family that are tough that I didn't really quite understand as a kid or sometimes had some had some questions about I I I can I remember one particular thing happened and I actually told my godmother about it. And she told me her, her thoughts. And I remember like, that's a good point. That makes a lot, that makes like a lot of sense now. And um, it sucks that that's the way that it is where I think in the past that would have like, not, it would not have like devastated me, but it really would have like bummed me out and kind of hurt. And uh-huh. it um, didn't, it was just uh, like, Oh, like that sucks. But like that, like, I'm like, nothing. not that I'm okay with it sucking, but I'm like, I like, it just makes sense. And I remember just after that lunch, um that in terms of that dynamic that there's that's like there's like a
1: before and after that when it, when it comes to almost um, things like that with me
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's an interesting question um my i have a a handful of very distinct moments like i i can't say necessarily that it was a pinpoint if i had to pick one thing it was when i went through that summer of hell with shannon Right. After I proposed to her and, and she totally, you know, ring all that stuff and, and total rejection. Um, that was in I believe that was in May and then uh, the very end and everything after that was so rough and painful. But I that had to make a de- Yeah, that's true. But I had to make a decision to go on, you know, like yeah. to move past this, to grow up. And it was that that notion of like you're an adolescent, you're making decisions entirely about you Mm
4: -hmm.
1: um another time was um these are all similar this is all probably within the same year another time was actually when i saw my dad and my mom's relationship for what it was that it it wasn't a good healthy relationship and there was like a sadness there yeah you know like when i'm a little kid like you take sides you 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 know whatever it might be oh you're an idiot oh you're an idiot But there I I realized like, oh, no, they just they have a lot of woundedness and they've never addressed it. That's why things have gotten this bad.
4: Mm -hmm. And it was
1: like when I began to see these like funny little connections in my head, I was like, if they were 10 years younger, they would have divorced when they were 30. Yeah. You know, but they're they were born in 1947 and 1949. You don't you know, I mean, my dad's the 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 product of a divorced family. And I don't think he would ever do that to his family. Cause it was horrific. The father abandoned his family, you know, and I, I don't know my grandfather, I don't even know his name. Um, but you, you think about that stuff. And it was one of those things where it's, it's not just like they're, it's like they're fallible. They can fail. You yeah. see that failure and you're like, Oh, but that's what humans do. Like we, we've yeah. like, it was a humanizing right. moment for my father, um, in that relationship. And then, um, and honestly, the decision to go back to Francis and then go to grad school was all within the same like financial Dave Ramsey stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that was the first time where I opened a savings account, I put money away, and I didn't take it out within like two months, a month, and spend it on something stupid that I convinced myself that I needed. Um, I, I paid for grad school entirely out of pocket um, by, by literally saving every penny I could. And like I ate, I remember we did an end of the year Christmas party and someone bought four, three lasagnas and we only ate half of one with the whole core team, our life team core team. And so they go, here's it for the bachelors. And so every day I ate lasagna for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because, and I took all that money and I I didn't drink it. I put all that money in my savings account. And I saved almost to the penny every dollar that I needed in order to graduate. And so I didn't have to spend, I didn't have to go into any more debt for grad school and stuff. And it was all of those decisions. Now I think there are multiple things I could point out to be like, ah, yes, when you decided to do this or decided to do that, or when I began keeping a calendar, you know, my, my, uh, someone that I know in my life that I love very much, um, is a drug addict. And I remember him the day he switched from, uh, being a waiter to having a full-time job waiter you leave every night with cash in hand and he spends three quarters of the money on drugs before he gets home and i remember he wasn't it wasn't until he was like 32 33 before he had a checking account and you know that like getting a checking account is a a major step if you're a drug addict when you're 18 you know it's like oh wait i do have a future and now i need to plan for it um to me that's the biggest sign that's the biggest sign because i'm impulsive (laughs) <laughs> yeah, can um, I just say I'm recording this using my wife's laptop. I bought her a MacBook, the M1 with the new M1 processor, right? Apple's new one. I have I so this costs like a thousand dollars at Costco, 1200 or whatever. I bought a 3300 Intel, the full beast MacBook 16 inch, the full beast, fully the fully specked out, and this is. So much faster! It is shocking me to the core of my being. Everything is so zippy. <laughs> I love it. Noted. Oh, that's awesome. Noted. Well, um, this has been fun, you guys. Uh
0: Thank you for hanging out. Hopefully, we didn't pull you away from real life too much. Uh no, this, this, life is,
3: this has been an honor and oh,
0: a yeah. complete honor. <laughs> dream, dream come true. Now here's what's gonna happen. You're never gonna listen to me. to yeah. us again because once the veil hasn't lifted, it's like, oh, they're just you know. A little no. too normal.
1: Why are they wearing undershirts? Because yeah, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> <That's sick. laughs> I knew. I knew. I walked uh, in my house from, from talking for literally two and a half hours straight, and I'm like, "Shane, are the kids in bed? She's like, Yeah, why? And I'm like, Zip, pants gone <laughs> at the front door. It's so hot. It's so I, hot. I came in here, and all I was thinking was, Well, got to make sure I uh, keep this camera really high up because that would be awesome. Yeah, these- God, we are very alike in a lot of ways. We are. <laughs> <laughs> almost too light. Uh, but I'm glad said. to know everyone else here is on Team Gomer God bless y'all <laughs> may the is Lord be leaving? with you
0: bye should I hit bye. end bye.
1: What are you still recording yes I can stop the recording now if you want to